This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. You gonna respect the word. How many times I'm gonna have to tell you this, man? Joy Taylor and Ashley Baker, two women I simp over on Twitter and sometimes Instagram, but mostly Twitter, on Joy Taylor's Saturday radio show. They were going over NFC contenders. Ashley basically said it was the Bucks and the Rams. She ain't really that wrong. But she said the whole NFC East outside the Cowboys have no chance. They specifically mentioned the Eagles, and they were like, nah, nah. Listen, you going to respect the bird. Now, Ashley's a Cowboys fan, so of course, you know, they're delusional, you know. So you, I might have to let her slide. Joy Taylor, come on. Come on. Stop. I'm not even going to get on her Dolphins and Steelers. Even she know the Dolphins and the Steelers need some work. So, see, I'm not even going to go there. She already know. But you going to respect the bird. And I'm telling you, Jalen Hurts and that defense, even the offense, like, sure, the receiving core look underwhelming, but we still got Dallas Goddard, like, a top five, top ten tight end we still got kelsey on the offensive line we still got lane johnson on the offensive line malata is a giant and he's getting better who knows we'll do a guard maybe we'll put uh landon dickerson there now that brooks retired i'm telling you this is a really good offensive line y'all in trouble now come on man even skip bayless Respects the bird. Had to tell y'all that one more time. You know, and he dislikes the Eagles more than anybody. He's disliked the Eagles for like 50, 60 years. Maybe even more than 60 years. But even he know about that man named Jalen Hurst. He brought my team back from 28 to 3. I'm telling you, man. Y'all, y'all gonna quit playing. Y'all don't stop playing with the bird. I got a segue into this. So the Eagles made a trade. The Eagles made a trade. They uh they traded one of their first round picks to the Saints for one of their first round picks next year. So, okay, we go from having three first round picks this year to two. And we now we have two first-round picks next year. And if the Saints are horrible, we might have the number one pick. I don't see anything about it being protected. Dog, if the, if the Eagles end up having the number one pick next year, oh, my God. When they first did this trade, now, there's other draft picks that came along with this. I think they got an extra third and maybe an extra second. I think an extra seventh round, too. But the main thing is you got an extra first-round pick for next year. Now, if this spells the end for Jalen Hurts, well, hey, Jalen Rager is on borrow time himself. But if this spells the end for Jalen Hurts, hey, the Eagles are set up nicely. Or hell, maybe they could draft Fletcher Cox replacement because it looks like he's on the way out. I mean, he signed that one-year contract for this year, but what's going to happen next year? He's either going to have to take a massive pay cut or he's going to have to go somewhere else. We'll see. But you're going to respect the bird. They are coming. 
and they have a chance to win this division. Yeah, the Cowboys are talented, but they be choking, man. They be choking. And I don't expect anything less this season. Do better. Look out for the bird. All right, now NCAA and NIT conclusion. Um, Listen, man. I love how both of those tournaments ended. Let's see. The NIT, let's just get this out the way. So, in New York, so St. Bonaventure came out of OU's bracket to be in New York. And it's well-deserved. They went on the road to Colorado, won a close game. They basically had control of the OU game. I watched the highlights. They had control of the OU game throughout. And they fought off a pesky Sooner squad at home. Um, OU had a chance to win at the end. And, of course, they choked just like they did against Texas Tech. Um, So they did that. And then they had some sick block. That seven-footer they had at number 21 kid is a beast. You remind me of a young Anthony Davis as far as defensively. Now, offensively, no. But defensively, yeah. Like, he, this dude, arms reach the sky. And he just be changing shots and sending stuff. But they ran against Xavier. Xavier jumped out on them. They tried to battle back, and it just wasn't enough. Xavier was just too good. And then Texas A&M on the other side beat Washington State. So Texas A&M, Xavier met up in the championship, I think, one of them jumped out to an early lead and had control throughout. But then I think the last like five to ten minutes of the game, it was back and forth, bucket for bucket. Like, yeah. Um, and then I think Xavier hit some free throws. But Texas A&M had a chance to win it and the joint just bounced in and out. I'm like, damn, man. What a game. I was watching the end of that game at um, Wingstop while I was waiting. It, it made my wait for my wings seem like two minutes. Because <laughs> I was just watching the game. It was a close game. And I'm serious. Right as that shot went in and out, my wings was ready. <laughs> man, what an ending to that tournament, man. Uh, I'm disappointed OU didn't make it, but it saved me some money. And saved me time and money. So, thank God. Now, NCAA, I might as well uh, start with the women. So, all those upsets, all these 10th seeds making it to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, you, you know, all these teams that don't play defense, losing early, these top, like like OU, like Iowa, they didn't make it past the first weekend because they don't play defense. <laughs> and they rely a lot on um, shooting. So, that bit them in the butt. And... They lost. Iowa State lost. Baylor lost. But it's like, after all that, you still had three number ones and a number two, which means my tournament challenge bracket, my best bracket was the chalk bracket. And to be honest, the chalk bracket, you know, it has South Carolina versus Stanford and South Carolina beating Stanford. Honestly, if Stanford makes a few more shots in the second half against UConn, because they were just awful. I wish I had the stats on me. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to look them up now. Bruh, if they just made a few more shots, 
Man, they they would have won. They they would have definitely won. Um, I'm about to look at it right now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh man, my girl Haley, long hair don't care. Had 20 points. Eight for 21 ain't bad. That's my girl right there. I think she's just a junior. She coming back. She'll be in the WNBA one day. She's very good. 20 and 11. Damn. She like the only one that came to play. Oh, Brink did all right. But Jesus, look at look at this, man. Lexi Hall, two for twelve. Uh, I think her sister, named Hall, three points, one for four. Like, believe me, four points, only two for three. I don't think she has a big role in that team. I'm looking at it, and it's like, look at this. Oh, field goal percentage, thirty-four point eight to 36.8 but to be honest you know UConn did have some scoring droughts and especially in the second half they had a big like five or six minute scoring drought and I swear to God Stanford only scored like four points that's where they were supposed to take the lead and take control but they did not they choked and UConn advanced I mean looking at the numbers it ain't even all that bad like UConn made one more three than they did but they took nine less threes it just looked like Stanford was just breaking everything. I think they only had one made three-pointer until the fourth quarter. So, honestly, man, if they were to make a few more shots, my chalk bracket would have sufficed. And I might have been in the 99 percentile. But it didn't. They lost. And we got UConn versus South Carolina. The fact that I didn't have UConn in the finals or winning in more brackets just mind-blowing same thing with kansas but i think with uconn i believe too much in baylor and nc state and iowa i mean nc state they just don't really have the experience (laughs) playing on that high level they've been really good the past two years with my girl elisa and jakia but it's just just I don't know. Every time they get past the Sweet 16, it's just, I don't know. They come back down to earth, and I hate it. But, yeah, South Carolina and UConn played each other. South Carolina just put the clamps on UConn. Paige Beckers had pedestrian numbers. But, you know, UConn, they'll be back. They made the Final Four last year. They made the championship this year. And, um, yeah, they'll be back. But it's just... When UConn had them scoring droughts against South Carolina, South Carolina put their foot on their neck. That's the difference between Stanford and South Carolina. And I was looking at the highlights, and just Aaliyah Boston was just sending everything. She was just capping everything. Every time you get to the rim, nope. And they they got some size on that team. Aaliyah Boston, Saxton, good Lord Jesus. Aaliyah Boston, 11 points, 16 rebounds, two blocks. It seemed like more than two blocks, but damn. Um, Yo, they, they got some big girls in that South Carolina team. Good Lord Jesus, man. Um, UConn just had no chance. Like, Azizi Fudd, DMV, St. John's. Well, she's only a freshman or sophomore. She'll be fine. Three points, one for three. Paige Beckers. 
Uh, six for 13 ain't bad, but 14 points. Yeah, pedestrian numbers. Pedestrian numbers. Avina Westbrook hit some, even though she only had seven points, she had some big shots to keep them in it. I mean, nobody had double digits except Paige Beckers. And that's why I picked South Carolina to win because they're the most well-balanced team, bro. That's why I was like, they'll beat the teams like the Iowa States, the Iowas, the Oklahomas. These teams that put up millions of points but barely play defense. I was like, they're going to beat them. And they did. I mean, and they did. And then they won it all. That Destiny Henderson, 26 points. She was just, she just looked like Pac-Man. She looked like Miss Pac-Man, dog. Like, (laughs) her going up and down the court, she's so quick, man. Oh, my God. This team, man, I don't know if they're going to run it back. Um, I, I guess they're all coming back. I haven't heard of any of them going to the league or anything. I haven't heard about Aaliyah Boston going to the league. or Well, we know Destiny Henderson is out. But I haven't. maybe I need to look, but I haven't really seen her in the first two rounds. I mean, I'd love to have her on the Mystics. She'd be a nice uh, point guard to bring off the bench. But, you know, we'll see. I'll speak about the Mystics later. But congrats to South Carolina. Aaliyah Boston was crying, ugly crying last year after losing to Stanford, a game they should have won. But this year, happy smiles, happy tears. Got to kick it with Candace Parker. I'm so proud of her, man. I'm so proud of Aaliyah Boston. You know what I'm saying? She got vindicated. And it looked like she's coming back. So she might get go back to back with it. Now we'll see. We'd love to see her in the league, but it, you know if she stays. Uh, she's a joy to watch. Like, and she don't even have to really score points. Her presence in the lane and her rebounding is enough. And she got all these All Americans around her. Like I'm telling you, South Carolina might win this joint next year too. Oh, and Don Staley is a beast. She's she's like that. Turn that program around. Got two titles. Beat you. Keep beating UConn. Man. How can you not love Don Staley, man? Now, finally. Finally. The men's Final Four. All Blue Buds. Villanova. Kansas. Duke, UNC. Of course, the main event was Duke and UNC and... You saw why. That was a hell of a game. I mean, no team had a big lead in that game. Back and forth. The pressure getting to these guys and then missing free throws. But Caleb Love with that big shot at the end, with a hand all in his face, most people can't make that shot. He made it. He was clutch. He came to play, but you know what I'm saying? He he, he really did come came to play, at least against Duke. Like, it's just, in the second half, Caleb Love versus UNC and, I mean, no, Caleb Love versus Duke and UCLA just just carried his team, willed his team to the win. And, you know, in, in the Duke and Carolina game, um, Trevor Kills, DMV, Paul Six, WCAC, you know, he, he kept... He kept Duke in it. He really did. Oh, my God. 
Okay, I'll, I'll get the Caleb Love stats in the championship later. But um, this dude is a beast. This dude is something else. And hearing his recruiting story is crazy. How he was down to Duke in Carolina. How he was about to go to Duke. But then, you know, he kind of waffled. And then Duke chose, uh, I don't know if it was Roach or Kills. One of the guys from Paul Six. Duke chose one of them. So Caleb Love went to North Carolina. And then Caleb Love destroys Duke twice. Paolo Banchero is always a problem. He's going to be a top draft pick. Jeremy Roach had eight. Trevor Kill, see, he had 19. He kept them in it. You know what I'm saying? It was just cool to watch those guys go at it, to watch these guards on both teams go at it. And then Paolo Banchero, man, good Lord. Baycott had 11 and 21. He had 21 rebounds. I don't know if he can do this in the NBA. I don't know if he can be this sort of presence in the NBA, but I'd love to see it. That is like Dennis Rodman type of stuff, man. This guy is the realest. Eight offensive rebounds. Good Lord Jesus. Man, R.J. Davis had 18. Like, the guard play in this game, like, the battle between Caleb Love and Trevor Kills was something to watch. But at the end of the day, Caleb Love won out. The Villanova-Kansas game, like, I got to catch the second half of it. I respect Villanova for fighting, but I knew, especially about Justin Moore, that Kansas was the better team. They just had more weapons. They had more firepower. Like I told you last show, they were just hard to stop because they just got too much. They got too much depth. They're too well-balanced. They're too well-coached. And it showed against Villanova, it was just too much. Now, I should have picked them in more brackets. So we get to so we get to Kansas UNC, right? And Kansas comes out firing 7-0. I thought they were gonna run away with it at that point. And then Brady Manic hits the three. And then that's when things kind of came back down to earth. And quickly, before you know it, UNC's up too. And I swear to God, it was like a 10-minute stretch. But Kansas only scored like two points. And North Carolina was just just looks like, damn, this is really happening. What happened to this Kansas team? What are they doing? And then in the second half, just like against Miami, Kansas just started playing their game and they just looked like the best team in the country. Like they start getting out of transition. Um, they start getting out in transition. They uh, McCormick start getting his. He was kind of getting his in the beginning. Abaji had an okay game. Um, C- Christian Braun really sparked that run. And I'm just looking at it, and all their starters had at least 10 points except Dewan Harris. But Dewan Harris ain't really a scorer, bro. So that's not really a surprise. But Remy Martin picked up that scoring slack. 14 off the bench. He had some big corner threes. Four for six from three. I swear, like, three of them was from the corner. But like I said, he's energy off the bench. I think that's that's the extra push that Kansas needed to win it all. Because I don't think Kansas get past the Sweet 16 without Remy Martin. That's the difference. And also, Caleb Love just going ice cold. Like, Puff Johnson, who Cam Johnson's little brother, I didn't even know anything about him until the championship game. Good Lord, they only ran seven deep. That's crazy. But anyway, Leaky Black, only two points. Damn. But um, Caleb Love, five for 24. 
That is the difference. That is the difference. Remy Martin outscoring Caleb Love, especially in the second half. Because Caleb Love had these big second half performances that will North Carolina win. Like, that has been March Madness Carolina. Brady Manning hitting his threes. Baycock getting his rebounds 15 and 15 once again. Um, Brady May had four blocks. Damn. But the kicker was what got them over the hump in these games was Caleb Love will score about 20 in the second half or 15 in the second half. He didn't do that. He bricked everything, especially at the end. He had a he had a big missed shot off the off not off the backboard, but off the back of the rim, and he had a big air ball at the end. Like he tried, man. He really tried. He went out. He went out swinging. So I, I give him that. I mean, he really did. But congrats to Kansas. I didn't know I was watching the national champions when I was in Lawrence. I knew that they had a really good team. They had a really good balance team. But I just could not get past their inconsistency. And shout out to Terry Lynn. I think Terry Lynn 68. She's a Kansas fan. She was talking a little trash after. Well, I kind of started it. Um, (laughs) After Kansas beat OU at OU, a game we should have won. I kind of avoided her for the Kansas game at Kansas. We should have won that game too. But even she thought it was over. We weren't gonna they weren't gonna win the title and that, you know, they do this all the time. They play like they're not like good enough to win the title. They've done this all season. Their inconsistency is frustrating. I even told her that. But they pulled it together, had a really good second half, won the second half by eighteen, and then they won the game in a very good final four. It still does not top the women's final four in 2018, but it was really good, and I enjoyed what I watched. Looking forward to next year, especially going to Kansas again for Kansas OU. Hopefully this time OU pulls it out. I don't even know who's going to be on the roster, but I believe in Porter Moser. You better recognize. NCAA slam dunking three-point contest. That comes along with the final four experience. I always forget about it. Till it's on TV. And then it's on TV. And it is on TV. And it is on TV again. Because ESPN is going to keep replaying it for like the rest of the year. That's how they do. I don't know why, but whatever. Three-point contest was vicious. I got to learn about some of the women's basketball players that are really good shooters. Um, My girl Ryan Howard was in it. Now, she's still... I got a feeling that she's still going to be a mystic. And she's going to drop down to three. I'll talk about that later once again. But she was in it, so I was really excited to see what she was going to do. Um, Girl from NC State, I think her name was Martinez. Uh, Girl from Virginia Tech I learned about. She was really good. But at the end of the day, the girl who stole the show was Kendall Spray. Kendall Spray from Florida Gulf Coast. Now, oh, that's the reason why they upset Virginia Tech. But they got spanked by Merlin because Merlin, too much size, too much athleticism. Like, I can see why they probably lost to Merlin. You weren't going to beat them at Merlin. But anyway, Kendall Spray just went off. She had like two 20-point rounds 
or maybe it was three. And even in the final, like, we all expected her to beat Jordan Bohannon, who beat Brad Davidson in the super veteran senior three-point final. I mean, I swear to God, those guys have been in college since 2016. It's literally both guys have been in college since 2016. <laughs> so they were in the finals. Jordan Bohannon easily beats Brad Davidson. Then ends up being the underdog against Kendall Spray because Kendall Spray just had like a 30-point round. Like this Kendall Spray girl couldn't have been no more than 5'5". Five, five. Kind of, you know, kind of pudgy. But that girl can shoot. We we thought Jordan would be in trouble, but Jordan Mohannon did just enough. He had like 23, and Kendall Spray had 21. Like, Kendall Spray, like in the middle part of the three-point contest, started missing, and Jordan Bohannon just held on. And at the end, I think Kendall Spray only made like one shot at the end, or maybe two at, at, the, at the last um, rack. I'm like, okay, I've really learned something in this contest. Now, that's a college dunk contest and three-point contest. I wouldn't mind watching again. I know ESPN runs, I know ESPN, like, runs that contest into the ground with um, showing it again and again as a rerun. I know they rerun it to death. But I wouldn't mind watching it again because it was very entertaining. But that was the three-point contest. The slam dunk contest was way better than the NBA dunk contest. It was so good. I'm like, let's just have college dunkers in the next NBA dunk contest because the NBA dunk contest was really that bad that we need to, um, we need to give y'all a year off. <laughs> I mean, good lord. Taz Moore had some dunk where he pinned it off the backboard and then dunked it. I'm like, I think he threw it off the backboard, pinned it, and then dunked it. I was like, good lord. Alondis Williams did something sick. I think he was the one that did the no, Taz Taz was the one that did the Vince Carter arm through the rim. Alondis Williams doing some crazy between the legs dunk. Remember when he was at OU, he was every time he got in the fast break, it was showtime. He was going to do some athletic dunk. And so it's no surprise that him, Taz Moore, Sean Miller Moore, they were they were putting on a show. The guy from New Orleans was with him at first, and in the last two dunk he just tapped out. But Taz Moore and Alondis William in the final. Oh my God. Taz Moore. Damn. Uh even Sean Miller Moore. That last dunk off the I don't know what you call it, the stanchion or whatever. The the little thing that holds up the backboard. I don't know. It was off of there and in between the legs for a dunk. That joint was crazy, man. If he had got it within the first three attempts, he might have been in the finals. Cause that was sick. I can't even I can't even name all the dunks, but that was one for the ages. And I'm like, let's bring these kids, cause that's where All Star Weekend is. Let's bring these kids to Salt Lake City for a rematch, cause it it was that good. 
Nuggets, man, NBA need to step their game up. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Bucks now. This is another step up for black head coaches uh, and black coaches in general in the NFL. I love it. Uh, there's a lot of drama going on with it's a lot of a lot of drama going on with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. So I shouldn't have been surprised if Bruce Arians just randomly retired. Well, he threatened to retire twice before. He actually did retire when he was with the Cardinals. So maybe that shouldn't be too surprising. But now he's in the front office. So hopefully it's less drama now. But... You know, we got Todd Bowles and Brian Leftwich running the show. Uh, Brian Leftwich, D.C. guy. I think he went to my mom's school. But, yeah, uh, dope. That's dope. Uh, of course, we're going to keep hearing rumors about what transpired within closed doors with the drama of Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. I'm sure that had something to do with all this nonsense. But I'm excited to see what this team does. You know, they got the band back together pretty much. So, um, let's see what they do. Of course, they're co-favorites with the Rams. Everyone expects the Packers to take a step back. But at the end of the day, you better respect the bird. Even Tom Brady should respect the bird. You know why? Because Jalen Hurts is picking his brain as we speak. And I'm telling you. You're going to use what he learned against you. And you're going to be in trouble. And you're not going to easily beat us like you did in Tampa Bay. This past January. So the GOAT, you better watch out. Because we coming for you. The bird is coming for you. And that's a fact. <laughs> Alright, man. The NBA home stretch. Hey, man. It looks like. The playoffs are set. It, it, it looks like the playoffs are set. Um, yeah, the teams that are in 1 through 10, this pretty much your playoff lineup. Now, seeding, we got to see. Uh, the Heat clinched the number one seed. Congrats to them. I still am not confident that they're going to get past the first or second round. I'm not confident. Because look at this, man. So let's start with the plan. You got, as of now, you got Cavs, Nets, you got Hawks, Hornets. And they're all separated by a game or two. So that all that could change. So Hawks and Hornets. I, I, you cannot bet against Ice Trey at home against the Hornets. Like, I know the Hornets aren't all that bad, but I straight a game, baby. The Hornets have no chance. Y'all, I know the Hawks don't really play defense, but y'all in trouble if that happens. Other side, you got the Cavs and the Nets. Cavs at home, I, I experienced personally that they got a really good home court advantage, and they're going to slowly get some of their big men back. And Brooklyn plays to their competition. 
I'm not sure if they're going to get out of Cleveland. Darius Garland is healthy. And when the Cavs have Darius Garland, I know they lost two in a row. They lost to the Magic. What What is that about? Like, I, I know they lost two in a row and kind of slid from at one point they were in second place and now they're in the plan. Like, still, it's going to be tough if this matchup happens for Brooklyn to get out of Cleveland. Everyone expects Brooklyn to win. But if Cleveland can get some of their big men back and Darius Garland is doing his thing, that is a tough place to play. And I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily count on Brooklyn winning. I know they got the atomic bomb on offense. That is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. But where's everybody else? I don't know. That's the thing. That's the problem with the Nets. And they don't really play defense. So there you go. Then you got a potential Bucks versus. Now I want Bucks versus Nets. I'd rather have that than Bucks versus Cavs. But, you know, if we get Bucks versus Cavs, if the Cavs get everybody back, that could be a very underrated series. The Celtics versus Bulls, the Bulls are just Tatum food. The The Bulls will be competitive, but, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's too much Tatum. The Sixers and the Raptors, uh, yeah, Sixers just lost to the Raptors, but at the end of the day, the Sixers will be too much. They won't be able to stop Embiid. And that, and that Sixers crowd, they're going to be – I know Ice Trade kind of – own the Sixers at home, but I don't know. It's a beast, man. And you got the Heat against either Cleveland, Brooklyn, or Atlanta, because I don't think the Hornets are going to do anything. Not easy in any capacity for for them against any of these teams. Ice tray in the playoffs, uh, that's dangerous. I don't, I don't care who they play. It's it's dangerous, bro. You're not sweeping the Hawks. It's it's going to go seven. It's going to go six or seven because that team with Aishrae, they're going to be very tough to get rid of. And then in the West, in the West, the Lakers are out. <laughs> oh, my God. I, it finally happened. The Lakers are out of the freaking play-in. They're not going to the playoffs. They're eliminated. Bruh, I knew something was wrong. I warned y'all when the Spurs were one game behind the Lakers. And now look at it. The Lakers have lost eight in a row and now are three games behind the Spurs. The worst case scenario has happened. First of all, they weren't good enough. Second of all, Anthony Davis missed a lot of time. He finally came back. To try to save their season. And then boom. LeBron gets hurt. And then boom. Eight game losing streak. And now they're going to be on the couch. Watching the playoffs. With the rest of us. Wow. Man. And yet. The Lakers still dominate all these sports talk shows. Still. Even Undisputed is talking about LeBron. Sitting out. 
and missing out on the scoring title. <laughs> they still dominate the headlines. But once the playoffs start, we're going to have to talk less about them unless LeBron says something else on the shop or whatever. But, yeah, Lakers are out. The Spurs and Pelicans are solid teams, and they're gonna. it's going to be a good play-in because those two are playing each other because the Pelicans are four games behind the Clippers, and it's only like two games left. The Spurs are two games behind the Pelicans, and it's only like two games left. The Timberwolves don't look like they're catching the Nuggets. Yeah, they're, they're playing confirmed. Timberwolves Clippers is going to be interesting, especially with Paul George back. Paul George is back to his usual tricks, scoring like 25, 30 a game. So that's going to be interesting playing. Pelican Spurs. Don't expect Zion to come out of nowhere. Expect the CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram show. DeJounte Murray is underrated. I mean, he's an all-star, but still underrated. So, I don't know how that's going to turn out. The Suns just ran away with the league, 63 wins, without Chris Paul half of the second half of the season. Like, after the all-star break, I mean, he got hurt right around the all-star break and missed a bunch of games. They're still 63-17. and Memphis Grizzlies going to be in second place. The Warriors and Mavericks, I don't know who's going to be third, who's going to be fourth. It doesn't matter. I mean, you got to play the Jazz or the Nuggets. Like, that's not going to be easy for either team. But it's going to be fun to watch. I think the Suns blast through anybody that come out of the play-in game. Uh, They might drop a game, but that's it. If they get the Clippers, they might drop two games. But that's it. You know, they, they're running through the rest of these guys. Same thing with Memphis. Like, they might they might drop a game or two in the playoffs, but especially with Jaw coming back, they might drop a game or two, but they not they don't drop the series or anything. You know, I'm just saying, man, it's going to be a fun playoffs. And I'm loving how this season ending. Oh, let me get on the Lizards. Them Lizards. The Lizards are winning games now. They caught back up with the the Knicks. This is too little, too late. You blew out the Mavericks. You blew out the Mavericks. You beat the Warriors. I was there. You beat the Pistons again, and I'm just like, okay. They're 5-5 five and five in their last um, 10 games. They beat the Timberwolves in Minnesota a game where Vegas had them as 12-point underdogs. Now, I knew they weren't going to lose by double digits. I thought they were going to lose by single digits. So I was going to take that bet. I didn't, but that was a good bet to take. Like, I'm not a betting expert, but I knew that the Timberwolves weren't going to beat the Wizards by double digits. And then it turns out the Wizards won outright by double digits. So they killed them. And it's just giving us a preview for next year. And this is without Kuzma and Bill. Porzingis is averaging 20-something a game. Kispert is killing it. That's the difference. Kispert killing it and KCP averaging 20-something points a game. 
Like, we got a lot of, of firepower. I don't know how, I don't know if any of these guys are coming back. Well, of course, Kispert's coming back. I expect Porzingis to come back. Um, I don't know if we're going to have KCP. But if we keep all these guys, the firepower we have off of the bench, oh, we going to the playoffs. That is a fact. And we can just keep our point guard situation the same. We could keep Ish Smith. Or and Sadaransky, Sadaransky ain't bad. Denny Avia is coming into form. Man, y'all in trouble. Rui Hachimura, if he is he if he's healthy, and then Daniel Gafford is just underrated with his long arms and um, defensive ability. Man, y'all better talk to him. The Lizards will get that W back. And it's going to be W after W after W. This lost season, 35 and 45. Just you wait till next year. Y'all in trouble. But this too little too late is kind of annoying, though. I wish they did this maybe a few weeks ago. We'd still be in the playoff race. We'd still be in the playing race. But, you know, they slumped. They slumped to oblivion. Now they're six games behind the Hornets. Seven games behind the Hawks and the Nets, and we're just out, and we're just it's just empty calories, like Danny Rullier said. Unbelievable, but you know, hey, if I look at the bright side and look towards next year, maybe this ain't too much of a bad thing. Okay, uh, let's see. Oh, the Caps. Okay, real quick on the Caps. So the Caps. So the Caps look like they're locked in on the wild card. It looks like they're locked in on the wild card. Um, I guess now they're just usually they beast mode and end up being a top seed, but it just doesn't look like it this time. I mean, they're six and four their last ten. They're just okay right now. They're not beasting like I usually expect them to do in March and April. Um, They're six points behind the Penguins. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, they're 13 points clear of the Islanders and the Blue Jackets. The Flyers and the Jersey Devils are already eliminated. So the Caps will be in the playoffs. Easily. However, however, yeah, yeah, they got that second wild card on lock. The closest to them is the Islanders at 73. Like, they didn't ran away with this. So, they're going to be pretty much the eighth seed. So, that means they'll play the Florida Panthers. Now, remember that? Remember when we played the Florida Panthers that one time? And we had like a 4-1 lead. And then the next thing you know, we lost 5-4. Yeah, that team. We got to play them again. I don't know, man. That doesn't look good on paper. But, hey, maybe we can maybe we can give these, you know, top contending teams a taste of their own medicine. Like, like real talk. Like, that usually happens to us. We end up being a top seed and we get upset. Why don't we do that to somebody else? Oh, the Capitals beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I love. 
They beat him at home. I love it. So, listen, I've seen it happen. People be wild cards or AFCs or seven Cs and go all the way. Why can't the Capitals do it? So the cap cycle is all cap. Usually it's the Capitals that's all cap. Right now, the cap cycle is all cap. It's it's broken. But the last time the cap cycle was broken, we won the Stanley Cap Cup title. So hopefully that happens. And um, I'm celebrating again on Pennsylvania Avenue. Or is it Constitution? Constitution. Yeah, that's where they do the parades. Constitution Avenue. Yeah. Hopefully, I got something to celebrate on Constitution Avenue. Because the cap cycle is broken. It's all cap. But but does this mean that the Caps can make a run? Because if they beat the Florida Panthers, who is probably going to be their opponent, that means they'll have to play the winner of New York Rangers and Pittsburgh Penguins, who they're the two teams I dislike the most in the NHL. So... Oh, Carolina Hurricanes, they're in there too. But if we can beat one of them, I will be elated. I will be elated. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, because the cap cycle is broken, hopefully that means we win the Stanley Cup title. All right. Uh... Now let's talk about this Mystics trade. Next show, I'm going to talk about DC United because we won that game against Charlotte and then I lost track of them. And I'm going to see them play in Columbus at the end of April. So, well, hopefully, God willing. But um, I plan to. So I got I got to catch up with them and see how they doing. I could do it on the show, but nah, we need to move on. Listen, the Mystics traded out of the number one pick. I don't know how I feel about this. Because I'm like, I would love to have now Lisa Smith or Ryan Howard. Something tells me we're trading back the three and that we're going to get one of these ladies anyway. And then on top of that, so he traded with the Dream. Who, they're not very good. And they just traded away Kennedy Carter. But we trade back to the third. And the Mystics didn't have a second-round pick. They now have a second-round pick with the number 14 pick. It's a high second-round pick. And who knows what that player going to end up being. Maybe they'll end up being another Mahisha Hines-Allen, who is like a second-round pick. And look what she turns out to be. A solid starter in this league. And has all-star potential. So, we got the number three pick, the number 14 pick this year. And just like the Eagles, they grab a number one pick for next year that could be a really high pick. So, my birds and my mystics are doing the same thing. Get extra pick for this year, extra pick for next year. No, it's, it's a pick swap next year. But the Atlanta Dream have a recent history of being bad. So, this could be a number one pick. But then again, I don't know because the WNBA lottery is weird. I, but then again, I, it's probably higher odds if you don't make the playoffs. It's higher odds to get the number one seed. If they do it like the NBA and only do 
the lottery amongst teams who didn't make the playoffs, then that's only four teams. You have a 25% chance to get the number one pick. And I fully expect the Mystics to make the playoffs. All you got to do is be top eight out of 12. And I fully expect the Mystics to be in the playoffs. And I fully expect the Atlanta Dream, who are constantly rebuilding, to not be in the playoffs. So, and so that means the Mystics got a chance to have the number one pick next year. And just adding talent to, you know, I hope Deladon comes back healthy. You know, we've been waiting for this for years. She's like Steven Strasburg. We won a title and she can't stay healthy. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I hated this trade at first, just like the Eagles trade. But then the more I looked at it, the more I was like, okay, I like this. We still might get a really high pick next year. And who knows what these picks this year will turn into. I'm just excited to see the Mystics uh, play this year. I got to get out there to uh, the St. Elizabeth campus, which is on Alabama Avenue. My my place is off Alabama Avenue. So it's just a straight shot to their arena. So I would love to go see them play. And hopefully this trade works out. It looks like on paper we won the trade. Because pick swap, I already know that Atlanta's going to have a higher pick than we are, than we will. I I put money on that. <laughs> Literally, but I'm not going I'm not going to do that. Come on. <laughs> All right, man. What's going on right now this weekend is the Masters. The Masters, one of the most prestigious golf tournaments in the world. So, my one of my favorite things to do is to play DraftKings for the Masters. It just makes watching the Masters more fun. So my DraftKings teams are doing okay. Two of them got snake bitten by Paul Casey withdrawing. They were talking about it on the radio. The minute they talked about it on the radio, I should have changed my lineup. I didn't think that quickly. See, that's why I be losing in these fantasy playoffs because I don't be because I I be loafing and I don't jump on things. But nevertheless, I still have two lineups alive, and um, one of them has Scotty Scheffler, who is my pick to win it all, and I went to MGM Sportsbook and put in that bet, $50 bet. If I win, I get $850. I also put in a long shot bet. I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name, but basically, he's like he's like a plus. No, he's he got lower odds than Tiger. Like... He might have double the odds of Tiger of winning. So basically, I put in a $10 bet, and if I win, I get $1,500. I don't think you're going to win, but that would be dope if I won $1,500 off of somebody I've never heard of and don't know anything about. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, Tiger is back, and he's already top 10, which means his experience. Now, I was reading a lot of articles yesterday no on wednesday and experience is key in tournaments like this and tiger is already being minus one is just not good for a lot of the field so i expect him to be up there dustin johnson doing his thing uh the korean guy m he's winning right now 
Cameron Smith is up there. That's another guy that was talked highly about in these articles. So, you know, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Wouldn't be surprised if Tiger wins, especially how well he's doing right now. But I definitely expect him to make the cut, and it looks like he's definitely going to make the cut. It looks like one of them... um, it looks like one of them tournaments where if you're above par, you're going to make the cut. And Tiger, I mean below par. If you're below par, you're going to make the cut. And sure enough, Tiger is one below par, and he's top 10. So I like it. You know, people are really hyped to see what Tiger does. And he gave that fist pump and had the pink shirt. Man, it just it just brought back memories for a lot of people that like watching Tiger Woods, and I'm very interested to see what happens. Uh, I picked Scotty Scheffler despite all the articles, all the data I read. Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the official golf rankings. I'm rolling with number one, and so far, he's up there. He's playing well. For fuck's sake, he's won three tournaments in 2022. That's why he's number one, because he's won three tournaments. That's insane. I know it's the Masters and it's a different animal. And he finished, what, 20-something at the Masters last year? Watch. Watch this. Telling you, Scotty Scheffler. I'm going to skip the hypothetical game of the episode. I had one lined up. I'll save it for next week. I might do a doubleheader hypothetical game of the episode. But nah, we'll stick. we'll stick with the last topic here. And that is Team USA is going to the World Cup. It's happening. It's official. I thought they were going to beat Costa Rica. I disrespected Costa Rica, and I apologize. Just like I tell people to respect the bird, I should have respected Costa Rica. They won 2-0. But the important thing is USA didn't lose by five or more goals. And that would have been embarrassing. That would have been an epic choke. That would have been the biggest choke of all time. But Team USA makes the World Cup. And now they're in a pool with England. And to my surprise, but once again, knee-jerk reaction, everything is a surprise and horrible and the worst thing ever. But, you know... This tournament starts on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. And that's because Qatar has that extremely high heat during the summer. So you have to play in November, something like that. Or is it cold during the the summer months and it's warmer in November? I don't know what it is, but this tournament starts in November. And it starts on Thanksgiving, and it might be lining up for an epic Thanksgiving weekend. Because um, you got Ohio State, Michigan. You got Auburn, Alabama. You got NFL Thanksgiving. You got Texas probably losing to somebody. Who knows? Who cares? They probably going to lose. And then you got Team USA playing England. Like And then you got whatever games that's going to be on Sunday. Hope and pray that ends up being the Eagles in Commanders Part 2. I would love that. I had a dream that 
Eagles Commanders in Philly was week one. I hope that's the case because I would definitely try to go to that. So that weekend would might be Eagles Commanders part two in D.C. I would love that. I'm claiming that now. You really want to you really want to make this interesting. Bucks Chiefs on either Thanksgiving or that Sunday. NFL, do it. Do it, please. That would that would just make it. You have to make that weekend insane. You have to put your best games on that day. They're not gonna do that. They're gonna they're gonna put a lot of crazy season opener games together. You know how the NFL is. But you gotta put some of your craziest games that weekend because that might be one of the best sports weekends ever. And I can't wait. And hopefully Team USA does something in this um, World Cup. It's been a long wait. It doesn't seem like it's been eight years, but it's been eight years. Eight years went by fast. I had just graduated college the first time. Damn, man. It just seems like forever, man. Jesus. Wow. Well, that's a wrap. It's a wrap, man. That was the last topic. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Psych I lied. Psych I lied. GoatLevelTees.com for everything GOAT Level. You better get on the bandwagon. It's never too late. All right, man. I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.